Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Good morning, Hope Church. You guys managed to remember the time change and also get here in the middle of snow in March, so you know, quick round of applause for all of you. Yeah, I'm impressed. I admit I'm a little tired of the weather, and I know we're in New England and everyone says, come on, you're, in, you're a New Englander, you should expect this by now, but um, I, I'm a little bit in denial, which is why I wore my spring outfit today, so we can just pretend everything is warm. Um, and it reminds me actually a little bit of my message last week. If you guys are jumping in for the first time, we are in the middle of a series called The Journey. And last week I talked a little bit about how sometimes in our journey we see where we want to be. We know God wants to do things in us to create more um, patience, kindness, love, joy. And sometimes we look at where we are and where we know we should be and there's this gap and we think, why can't I just be there? And sometimes if you're like me, I just wanna like, pretend. I just want to put on the spring outfit and act like everything is fine and pretend that there's not junk in my life. But, but God says, you've got to come as you are. And he can only meet us right here as we are in this moment. So wherever you are, whether you're struggling with fear right now, if you're struggling to feel patient or love, it's okay to bring your honest self before God. And we talked a little bit about how the Israelites going through their journey in the wilderness, uh, they had a lot of instances where God gave them what seemed like a problem and then he used that to to turn into a provision for them and so even this situation where they were out of food and God showed up and provided manna in their lives and we talked about how God does the same thing with us in our lives and through that journey and that process he grows our faith he gives us these opportunities to see his faithfulness and so today we're going to kind of continue this message, this theme about the journey and our process with God. And I want to start with a couple quick stories. Uh, So I don't know if you've heard of this person. This is Dean Carnassus, and I should have an image of him here. Um, Who who has heard of Dean? Anyone? Okay, I had not heard of him before this week either, so you're not alone. Uh, So this, this person is an ultra marathoner. It's hard for me to say that because the word marathon itself kind of like sends me into a panic attack. But ultra marathoner, this guy, believe it or not, has run 50 consecutive marathons in 50 different states. As you're letting that sink in, he also competed once in a 200 mile relay race against a team of 12 people and he competed solo. He ran the whole 200 miles on his own. And if that weren't crazy enough, once in 2005, he ran for a total of 80 hours and 44 minutes with no sleep for a total of 350 miles. I don't know that I've run 350 miles in my life. So that's Dean. All right, now we're going to move to a different story of a different person that maybe you've heard of. His name is Neil Armstrong. Raise your hand if you've heard of Neil. All right. So, on July 20th, 1969, as many of you know, Neil also went for a little run. Well, it was actually more of a walk, a light walk. 
And uh, his walk only lasted a couple of hours. He, in my mind, wasn't terribly focused. I don't know if he had a Fitbit on. I don't know how many steps he took. He was like distracted, planting flags and whatnot. I, I don't know what he was doing. He definitely did not run a marathon, but how come most of us know the name Neil, Neil Armstrong, and we don't necessarily know the name Dean? Probably because, as you know, not all journeys are measured the same way. Not all journeys are measured the same way. And as we know, for Neil, his steps on the moon were this monumental moment and as he, as he put it, one small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind because it represented this amazing progress. It represented um, this, this massive journey that, that humanity as a whole had been on going to the moon. And so I want us just to carry that in as we read this uh, key passage today. Um, just think of those two stories and sort of what that might help us to, uh, to see in this passage that we're reading in Matthew 14, verses 22 through 36. And this is a story um, about Jesus and his disciples. His disciples were the people that he had hand-chosen to be with him. He was going to mentor them, and they were going to do life with him and watch him and, in all of the, the things he did and his travels. And so one of his disciples was named Peter, and this particular story talks about um, a faith moment that Peter has with Jesus. Now, directly before this story happens, um, Jesus did the miracle where he fed 5,000 people um, with, with just, just a handful of you know, bread and fish, and Jesus fed all these people, this amazing miracle, and now he is sending his disciples on ahead of him to go to the next leg of their journey. So verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And as a side, I always love this part of the story, that Jesus, even though he was God, still needed that time and that space to, to get away, to be by himself, to, to pray to his Father. And if Jesus needed that time, how much more do we need that time with God and that time to, to rest and to get away by ourselves? So we're going to continue. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick 
to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. At the end of this passage, we see um, another reminder of what our response to God's faithfulness should be. The disciples, when, when Jesus gets in the boat and the wind dies down and they see this miracle he does, their response is to worship God, to worship Jesus because of who he is. And that's like just a, a good reminder for us when we see those faithful things that God does for us, that it's an opportunity for us to worship him. But I want to focus today primarily on, on Peter and his story and his journey on the water with Jesus. And I think if we look at Peter's story, maybe, maybe Neil's story comes to mind a little bit, right? We look at Peter's story and he only took a few steps on the water with Jesus. And yet I think those steps were very significant. I think none of us would look at Peter and say, I don't know, if he, did he go 10 steps? Did he go 20? Because if he only went like three steps, it's not a big deal. I mean, no, the man's walking on water. So any amount of steps is a big deal, right? And in the same way, I think that God would look at our journeys of faith and it's not always how far we've gone. It's not always the distance that we think we need to measure. I think God sees our faith differently than we do. And yet, isn't it so like us to try to measure our faith? To try to look at our own lives and quantify, well, how far have I traveled? How, how many steps have I taken? And you know, just like... Um, Last week, we talked about wanting to get to this place that we know God wants us to be. It's easy for us to look and say, man, I see people who are willing to die for their faith. I don't think I'm there yet. Or man, I see like Mother Teresa and what she did and moving to a different country and giving up everything you have. I don't think I could do that. You know, we look at maybe the 20-something-year-old the who starts a nonprofit and just steps out in faith and lives on nothing. And, or maybe the person who's taking in a refugee family and we think to ourselves, I'm still struggling to trust God with just my little fears. I don't think my journey has gone that far. I think my steps are just too little. And I want to I wanna tell you today, and one of my main ideas is that God is delighted with your faith. He is delighted even with your little faith. And he doesn't measure faith the way that we do. It isn't that God doesn't care about our faith or that he doesn't want it to grow because he does. Hebrews eleven six reminds us that without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But I want you to know if you are, if you are following God, if you are trusting in him, if you, if you desire to know him more, that is, that is part of earnestly seeking him. God sees the faith you have now. He sees your desire to know him more. He sees your desire to trust him even when you have those doubts, and that pleases him. Matthew 17 reminds us of this. Verse 20, Jesus tells his disciples, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And Jesus uses that same analogy of the mustard seed to talk about his kingdom, the kingdom that, that grows and spreads. And he says it starts like a mustard seed, the smallest of the seeds, and it grows to become the largest of, of the plants where, where birds can sit in its branches, and it provides shade. What if God doesn't measure our faith in miles but in mustard seeds? What if he doesn't measure our faith in miles, 
but in mustard seeds. And here we are thinking, man, if I can't run that 350 miles like Dean, my faith is too small. But God says, hey, hey, I'm, I'm not measuring it that way. And I see your faith. And we don't realize sometimes that our very journey reveals that faith that we have in God. One thing I love about this story about Peter is that this moment to me is a get-to faith moment. What do I mean by that? I think if I'm honest and I look at my life, a lot of my life is, is a have-to trust moment. Um, if, I, if I really think about it, you know, whether it's my medical issues or, you know, parenting struggles or financial things, a lot of times I feel like, man, this stuff is out of my control. And of course, I kind of have a choice. I can trust God or not, but but I really don't. Like, I, I can't change these things in my life, and so I have to trust God. And I don't think that's unimportant. I think, that, I think it's significant. Even when we feel like we have to trust God, I think God is still pleased with that faith that he's growing in us. But what I love about this story for Peter is that, you know, he, he gets to trust God. He gets to trust God. Because if you look at the situation he doesn't need anything, right? He's, he's already got a boat. He's not currently sinking. He, he has no real reason to need to step out of that boat. And yet, he does. He puts himself out there. And so, I think this moment where he says, Lord, if it's you, call me out on the water. I think this is this, this cool opportunity. It's this adventure. He's willing to put his life at risk because he gets to, because he gets to trust God. And this is very personal. I was laughing this week because I said, if, if I'm trying to put myself in Peter's shoes. If I were there in the boat, I would say, God, if it's really you, why don't you call John out of the boat? Like, I think he's a better swimmer anyway. And if he makes it, then maybe I'll come out too, right? But, but Peter, Peter doesn't do that. He, he says, okay, I, if I have faith, if I really have faith, I'm gonna step out myself. I'm gonna put my own life on the line. And he gets to see God at work. And I wanna point out something else. So we, we see Peter kind of moving from this have-to faith to this get-to faith. But I don't think that it happened overnight for Peter. In fact, I don't know if a year earlier or maybe even a month earlier, I don't know if Peter would have would have done this at all. But if we look at Peter's life, just like the Israelites that we talked about last week had moment after moment to experience God's faithfulness, Peter, after being called by God, after walking with Jesus as his disciple, he has had moment after moment to see Jesus' faithfulness and to see his miracles. Um, in their time together, Jesus has been healing sick people. He raised a 12-year-old girl to life. He calmed the storm in another situation when the disciples were in a boat together. And he had healed a paralyzed man. And aside from that, just like I said, just before this story, we see Jesus feeding 5,000 people miraculously. So Peter has had moment after moment to see God's faithfulness. And not only that, Jesus had sent out Peter. He sent out the disciples to practice their faith and live in the authority he gave them on their own. We see this um, even in Matthew 10. It tells how Jesus sent out the disciples two by two and he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. So not only had Peter been witnessing what Jesus did, but Jesus had given him these opportunities to go out and live that faith on his own. 
in the same way, I think Jesus does that for us. He gives us these moments throughout our lives to see his faithfulness and to learn to trust him. And as I said last week, to kind of grow that faith muscle and it doesn't happen overnight. I don't think any of us wakes up one day and says, ah, today's the day. Today's the day I go walking on water. We don't realize sometimes how far God has brought us in our faith. I want you to think about where you are today. And, and maybe there's things today that you feel like, I don't have enough faith for that yet. Trust me, I've got a list of things that I don't feel like I've got enough faith for yet. But there's also things in my life today, and I'm sure if you think about your own life, there's things in your life that you say, what I'm doing today, I don't think I would have done three months ago. I don't think that I had the same faith even a year ago that I have today. And I want us to recognize where God is already growing our faith I, we need to recognize that so that we don't have the sense of discouragement and, and the sense that we're not growing at all or that God is just constantly displeased with us because I, I don't think that's how it is at all. A woman named Daylene Russell once said, every time you step out of one comfort zone, we step into another. Every time we step out of one comfort zone, we step into another. And I, I like that because, I, again, I don't think we realize what, what feels crazy uncomfortable to us today. Once we step into that, it starts to be normal again. It starts to feel comfortable. For those of you, I've, I've talked to even friends who maybe went to school um, later in life or in a non-traditional age. And at first you were probably thinking, how do I even sign up for classes? What am I gonna do? How does this, how does this work? But then the next thing you know, you're, you're taking those classes and you're, you're living out what used to be a fear for you. And then that becomes its own normal for you. And so God builds and grows and when what feels normal today is God's gonna use to stretch you and prepare you for that next thing that still feels too far away that you still feel like you don't have enough faith for. And you know what? The other thing I love about this story is that even when we step out, even when we step out, we may still falter. We may still, still fail. We may still, um, like Peter, have this moment where we start sinking. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't depend on us. It's always, it's always about Jesus. And his presence in our life is not de dependent on our perfection. Jesus' presence in our life does not depend on our perfection, but on him, on his holiness, on his faithfulness. It's okay if we step out. It's okay if we make a bold faith decision and then we feel ourselves slipping or we feel ourselves faltering. God is still gonna hold us. He's not gonna write us out of the story. He's not gonna, he's not gonna berate us. And I even want us to think for a moment about, about Jesus and his reaction to Peter in this, in this story. And if you're like me, I think that we can look at this story and what Jesus says and we, we can sort of have... A, we can read into Jesus's tone. And granted, I can't know, I wasn't there, I can't know exactly how Jesus spoke to Peter. But I think for some of us, we read into Jesus's words with this tone that says, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? This, this angry, this, this no sense of patience, you know? And I think whether we read into Peter's story that way or maybe our own stories that way. How often have you had a moment where you think Jesus is just looking at you shaking his head? How could you do that? Why, would, why don't you have more faith? 
And oh, I just think God's heart breaks when we see him that way because I don't think that is how Jesus is speaking to us at all. And I don't think that's how he was speaking to Peter at all. And if we look at Jesus and his interaction with Peter as a whole, Jesus had so much patience for Peter. Because Peter, if you read through the the New Testament, Peter is one of the like, disciples that just keeps bumbling and he says things without thinking and he's the disciple that even denies Jesus and if you could think of like the worst thing you could possibly do it would probably be that right to deny Jesus to deny that you even know him and Peter did that three times and Jesus did not yell at him or guilt him when Peter sees Jesus after he denies him Jesus reinstates him he gently says go feed my sheep do you love me? Go feed my sheep. And so I'm using imagination here, but when, when Jesus looks at, at Peter and says, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? I, I don't think it is with that, that critical tone that we might read into that. And I want us to, to recognize that because if you start to feel Jesus speaking to you and you feel like it's this critical tone or this angry, harsh, guilt-laden tone, that is not Jesus Jesus loves you and he wants you to know that he sees you and he's holding you. His presence doesn't depend on your perfection. In fact, I believe in this comment, Jesus is holding space both for the little faith that Peter does have and for the greater faith that he sees in Peter. He's holding space for the little faith that he sees in Peter and the greater faith that he knows Peter can have. And I think Jesus does the same for all of us. He looks at each of us right where we are and says, I see you. I see that faith you have. And you may not even know it's there yet, but I see and I care and I'm growing it. And I see the greater faith in you as well that you don't even think is possible for you. Jesus says, I see your doubts. I see your fears. I see the concerns and the struggles. And I'm here and I'm with you. And you're on this journey with me. And through this journey, I'm going to grow your faith. And I want to make a point too that that our faith is not always going to be linear. I think the danger in maybe part of this message is that we think, oh, God's just going to grow my faith every day more and more and more so that in two years, I'll have like exponentially more faith than I have today. But as most of us know, different seasons in our lives are are more painful. We, we go through different struggles in different seasons. And like, like Peter, you may witness God do an amazing miracle and you may have an amazing moment of faith. And you may, just like Peter, have a moment a year later where you're, where you're doubting again, where you're struggling again, you're wrestling again. That's okay. That's okay. That's part of the seasons of our lives. But no matter where you are, God sees you and he's growing your faith And we should not try to compare our, our journey. We, should, we shouldn't try to measure our journey, first of all, by, by miles, because God sees our faith differently. And we also can't compare our faith to someone else, right? Because to be honest, each of us is facing different things. And for you, just showing up today, just showing up online even, might have been a huge act of faith for you. And nobody else realizes how much faith it took for you just to walk through the door, just to show up. God sees that faith and he says, man, that's huge. I'm so pleased with your faith. For someone else, maybe it's, it's um, 
stepping out and wanting to um, start something new, to, to take that bold faith and to say, I want to, I think I want to do a career change, or I think I, I want to step out and try this thing that God wants me to do, or, or give more money and trust God in a new way. And right now that feels scary for you, but God sees your faith. He sees your heart. We can't compare our faith to each other because God sees us individually right where we are. We're gonna end today with a special song. And I know this is sort of, like I just love to take a moment at the end of a message and be able to reflect, to just be able to think about um, what God might be saying to you personally in this story. And so we're gonna, we're gonna do a song that maybe you've heard of. It's called Oceans. And some of the words to the song go like this. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. So I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours and you are mine. And then there's a part of the song that I love that says, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my face will be made stronger in the presence of my savior. And this song just reminds us that truly it's about God's presence. No matter where we are in that journey, like Peter, we're walking towards Jesus and we're walking with him and he's meeting us right where we are. And so as you listen to the song today, I just want you to be able to, to listen and, and worship the, whatever way you're most comfortable. For you, maybe it's taking out a journal and writing down your thoughts, what God might be saying to you. Uh, for some of you, um, man, maybe, maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I don't even know for sure that I've even ever started following God. I'm not even sure that I've ever been ready for that. And I want you to know today, if that's you, God sees you. He loves you exactly as you are. And all it takes is for you to say, okay, God, I, I want to I follow you. I don't have all the answers, but I want to follow you with what I do know. I'm tired of, of living in this uncertainty and this, and this fear, and I just want to give all that to you. Maybe during the song, you just take that moment and tell God that. Maybe for some of you, you can think of a specific fear right now, whether it's the situation with Ukraine or it's, it's a, a situation in your own life that's very personal to you. And it's a fear and it's, it's something that's it's causing you to, to just doubt or wrestle. And maybe during the song, you just give that to God and say, okay, okay, God, you see my doubt, you see my fear, but I know you're holding me. And maybe, maybe finally, there's some of you who really have been thinking of something that you wanna step out in and it's exciting to you. It's this, it's this idea and you know that God's on this adventure with you and yet you have some anxiety too. You don't know all the, the answers. You don't know what's gonna happen when you step out. And maybe this is just that opportunity for you to give that to God again and say, okay, whatever happens, I know you're with me and you're holding me. So I'm just gonna pray over us and I'm gonna let us uh, have this moment with God and then um, we'll, we'll wrap up the service. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you do not change in any season, that you are constant yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I thank you that in all our questioning and all our wrestling, um, we can trust that you are an anchor for us in the waves. And I'm just asking God for each person today that they would feel you, that they would hear you speak. And just as we sing the song, God, that you'd meet each of us right where we are.
And you are 